Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> As we're now in our third year of the other stories, we're throwing the microphone to you guys to let us know how you came across the show and what you think to it. Today, we're handing the microphone to Kathy Robinson, aka Deadly Blunt. This is Deadly Blonde, and I'm from Southern California, of course. I've been listening to the other stories since they first began, and I'm still an avid listener. I listen and get my fix all day long, and then... It puts me to sleep at night. Well, let's just say it's one of the few ways I fall asleep at night. I ask that you join me on the dark side and listen to their other stories. Besides... On the dark side, we have cookies. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kathy, for your support. Today's episode deals with strong themes of suicide, so listener discretion is advised. 
Today's episode is Should I Kill Myself or Have a Cup of Coffee? Written by Michael David Wilson and narrated by Justin Fife. It wasn't an ordinary birthday card, but Damon wasn't an ordinary friend. He knew what I liked. The only thing better than a strong cup of coffee was a strong dose of absurdist philosophy. And Albert Camus was there to deliver. A cheeky smirk, greased back hair, and a tiny cigarette hanging out of his mouth. The caption read, Should I kill myself or have a cup of coffee? I looked to the kitchen. Had a packet of Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee me had bought me last week. So I reckoned I'd go with the latter, but it was healthy to consider my options. Killing myself was a solid plan B, especially as Miu's gift had been bittersweet. What's the occasion? I'd said. Oh, nothing, just showing I care. Later that night, she'd told me about Jason. Then that our relationship was over, and finally that she was moving to London. I'd been too drunk on whiskey to realize the three were connected. And when reality hit, I hit the apartment floor which wasn't what I had intended, but the rope hadn't been strong enough. Bloody thing had given away. So, I'd settled for coffee. I put Camus with the rest of the cards and opened the final envelope. This one was from Henry, best damn friend I'd ever had. Between Henry and Damon, I was an open book. Goatsy bent over on the front of the card, some internet shock image that had been my desktop background for much of uni. Not my choice, but we didn't password protect our computers much and my housemates liked to leave surprises. Inside, Henry had filled both sides of the card, mostly in jokes and memories, but it was a message on the left-hand side that stood out. Remember when you said you'd kill yourself if you didn't write a novel by the time you're 30? You're gonna hang or what? Fuck, that was dark, even for Henry. He'd followed it up with a smiley face, so I knew he meant nothing by it, but goddamn, that cut deep. Henry didn't know about the suicide attempts. Didn't even know about the depression. I'd kept that hidden back in uni, and only spoke about it honestly since moving to Japan five years back. Henry and I kept in touch via occasional Skype calls and social media, but that shit was just a highlights package. More, hey, look at me, I'm in Kyoto, hashtag time of my life, and less... Sunk a full bottle of whiskey and a load of pills last night. Woke up in hospital. Wish I hadn't woken up at all. Hashtag fucking kill me. I took Camus from a pile of cards and placed him next to Henry's message. Camus was a good-looking son of a bitch. Better than me with my tired eyes, bald head, and scruffy beard. Bastard had written a novel by the time he was 30 and all. The Stranger was released in 1942 when Camus was 28. It's probably why he'd chosen coffee. He never did kill himself. A car accident had seen to that. I read the messages again. You gonna hang or what? Should I kill myself or have a cup of coffee? Hang or what? Kill myself or coffee? Back and forth, reading the messages over and over. Could have sworn Camus winked at me. Challenging me. Daring me. I looked to the kitchen and coffee, then to the sliding doors in the third floor balcony. Sunlight kissed the doors. I stepped outside. The air was thick and muggy, but it was early morning, 
and the heat was pleasant. I could smell next door's washing powder, clothes and towels hanging. I leaned over the balcony, assessing the drop. Below was all cars and concrete. If I jumped, the result was certain. Dead certain. Give me a reason not to do it! I shouted. Who was I shouting to? I couldn't say. Sure wasn't a god. Thousands to choose from, and I didn't believe in any of them. I noticed the woman in the apartment opposite, sitting on her balcony, smoking a cigarette, staring at me. She shook her head. What was that all about? Judgment? Did she think she was better than me? Or was it a sign? No, don't do it, mate. Or an answer? No, I won't give you a reason not to do it. Bloody kill yourself. See if I care. The woman bent down, retrieved a big bottle of Centauri whiskey, and swigged it back. Jesus, it was just gone eight. Maybe she wanted to kill herself, too. I nodded my head in recognition, and she raised her bottle. Nice woman. Back inside, I paced the living area. Coffee, a kill. Coffee, or kill. Coffee, or kill. Not an easy question. I didn't have much keeping me here. Me who had fucked off, and I hadn't spoken to my parents for years. I had acquaintances, but no real friends here. And the friends I did have were back in England, and frankly, I'd rather jump off the balcony than return. To say I'd become disillusioned with the place would be an understatement. I had unresolved traumas there, and unresolved they would bloody well stay. It was part of the reason I'd gone back to Japan in the first place. I should probably kill myself. I headed back to the balcony. Whiskey woman had gone inside. Or had she? I checked the streets for her bloody body, but all I saw were school children. There must have been at least ten of them, all in matching yellow hats. I could hardly fling myself off the balcony now. I'd wait for them to pass and then do it. Problem was, they were so slow. Come on, move it along. Some of us are waiting to jump. A woman at the front of the line of school children looked up at me. I couldn't properly make out her face or tell if she'd heard anything, but I got the sense she was unimpressed. I envied those children. Such glee and delight in their voices. Things used to be good for me, too. When I was five years old, my biggest dilemma was cheese on toast or egg mayo sandwiches for lunch, and whether to play Streets of Rage or Golden Axe on the Sega Mega Drive. The children went. Whiskey Woman still unreturned. A black cat sunned itself on the pavement. I didn't reckon it would be too inconvenienced if I launched myself off the balcony. Sure, it might jump at the noise, but it would get over it. There wouldn't be any psychological damage, not like a kid. I checked my watch, 8.05. What time did school start? I headed back inside, turned to Google. Most schools started at half eight, some at 8.40. I stroked my beard. Should I wait until 8.40, perhaps even 8.50, to account for kids running late? Or should I just jump now when the street was clear? People are efficient here. They knew how to clean up quickly. If I jumped at 8.08, I'd be in a body bag by 8.10, perhaps sooner. Not like in England. If I jumped at 8.08, by 10 past, someone would have written dead wanker on my corpse. 
A couple of hours later, my smashed skull would be wearing a fucking party hat, and there'd probably be a traffic cone thrown in the mix, too. I made for the balcony. Stopped when the doorbell rang. Was this divine intervention? One of the gods making a sign? Ready to make a believer out of me? I looked at the video intercom. Nice bit of kit that could have saved me some trouble in Walsall. Darren grinned up at me. He didn't know I was looking at the LCD. He always had that smile on his face. I didn't get that, and didn't trust him either. He was even happy the day his wife left him, which made no damn sense. She took his kid, his car, and most of the stuff inside the apartment. I stomped down the corridor, opened the front door as quick as I could, trying to look busy, even though I was wearing sweats and had not long got out of bed. Yes? Morning, maid. How's things? I stared at him. Well, anyways, I was wondering if I could borrow some milk. This is a joke. No, I went to make my morning cup of tea, and then I realized I was all out. So, you came to me? Exactly. Darren, there's a 7-Eleven a few minutes away. You could buy a carton there. He smiled. (laughs) I know, I know. But that's like a five-minute round trip, and I'm already running late. Besides, I don't want an entire carton, just a splash. Just buy a can of tea or coffee or whatever from the vending machine... Then pick up milk on the way home, and you'll be set for the next few days. So, you don't have any milk? I mean, probably, but whether or not it's in date... Ah, could you look? I sighed. Fuck me. If this was the divine intervention that was supposed to convince me to stick around, whoever was responsible had seriously misjudged things. I left Darren smiling on the doorstep, opened the fridge, an iceberg lettuce browned at the edges... Half of a chicken breast that smelt as bad as it looked. Cans of beer, old soup, and here we go. Jackpot. I handed Darren a full carton of milk. You're a lifesaver, he said. Give me a minute and I'll nip back with it. Please don't. Just have it. I only need a... Look, do you want the milk or not? Yes, but I... Well, I don't. I'm not drinking coffee again. You give up caffeine or something? Something, yeah. Now take the milk and leave me before I change my mind. Back inside, I headed back to the balcony. I'd been a bit of a prick towards Darren, but figured it would make things a bit easier in the long run. If he thought I was a dickhead, he might take the news of my demise easier. Whiskey Woman was back. More school children walked the streets below. The black cat had climbed onto the bonnet of a car and was stretched out on the sunniest spot. Whiskey woman looked chill as anything, not a care in the world. What's your secret? I yelled. She raised the bottle again. Whiskey may well be the answer for her, and true, often it took the edge off things, but... I'm gonna need something more, I said. The doorbell rang. Bloody Darren. Too nice for his own good, was likely returning the milk. I didn't bother looking at the LCD as I headed to the door. It wasn't Darren. The postman held up a letter and parcel. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, you know, not too bad. It's my birthday. and I'm going to kill myself. He burst into laughter. Oh, you Brits are so funny. I took the post from him. Well, thanks. Uh, Have a good day. I love Mr. Bean, he said. 
Yep, uh, see you then. I opened the letter first. Expected a birthday card, but it was something more official. Ah, Christ. I'd fallen behind on health insurance and owed money for the past few months. It didn't seem right, offing myself before settling up. I'd had a couple of physio appointments in the last month, even some blood tests. I'd pay the bills at the 7-Eleven. Then by the time I returned, school would have started, and I'd be able to finish things. I pulled on my boots and coat, then knifed open the parcel. I knew from the handwriting and the royal mail stamps that it was from my parents. We might not have been speaking, but they always sent a birthday present. After I'd made it through the bubble wrap, I found the gift. A hairstyling and shaving kit. Another present that highlighted just how little my parents knew me. I covered my bald head with a hat, stroked my beard, and opened the front door. A cat raced inside. Oi! What are you playing at? Get out! But rather than act deterred, the cat sauntered onto the balcony, settling in the sunniest spot. You can't stay there. I've got the things to do. Whiskey Woman looked amused. I've got things to do, I said. I don't know whose cat this is. It's yours, Whiskey Woman shouted, then wandered back inside. Mine? What a peculiar thing to say. There were no children outside anymore. A nearby school bell rang to signify the start of the day. The black cat meowed. On its collar was a name and a number. Alexander. Who calls their cat Alexander? I dialed the number and went straight to voicemail. I found your cat, uh, Alexander. Do you think you could give me a call ASAP? I've got things to do, so the sooner you collect Alexander, the better. Thanks. Alexander looked at me. I stroked his fur. So soft and warm, strangely comforting. Alexander purred. I looked over at Camus. Kill myself, or coffee. You just wait there, I said to Alexander. I headed outside as quick as I could, knocked on Darren's door, hoping he hadn't left for work yet. There were some noises and fumbling, but after a short delay, he opened up. Darren, mate, looks like I'm gonna need that milk after all. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Should I Kill Myself or Have a Cup of Coffee? It was written by Michael David Wilson, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes, abused by Velocity and Tom Robson, with extra sound effects provided by freesound.org. Michael David Wilson is a professional writer, editor, podcaster, and the founder of ThisIsHorror.co.uk. His forthcoming novella, The Girl in the Video, will be published later this year by Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing. You can connect with Michael over at www.michaeldavidwilson.co.uk or at WilsonTheWriter on Twitter. We have new patrons, so a big sweaty handshake and a big sloppy kiss to our latest recruits in the war on sanity. Matt Jackson and Brittany Schramm. I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Thank you so much for your support. You're really helping us to keep the show going. If you would like to join these crazy cats and get access to early ad-free episodes and monthly bonus episodes and more content, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge from as little as a dollar a month. Until next time. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.